Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. We're uh, going to read from Ezekiel 34, verse 14. Uh, we've got two scriptures here at the start. One from the Old Testament, one from the New. And it says here, Yes, I will give them good pasture land on the high hills of Israel. There they will lie down in pleasant places and feed in the lush pastures of the hills. It's a bit like Lord is my ship, uh, the, the uh, 23rd Psalm, where it talks about uh, God lays a table before us. God is our shepherd and he wants to feed us. We come to church to be fed. In fact, you've already been fed. Uh, as we turn our look, our gaze, and our focus to God like we do in worship, we receive from God. And He actually wants us to dwell in that place, not just on Sunday mornings, but every moment. And keep looking to God, keep looking to God, keep checking God. There's so many thousands of thoughts that we could be thinking right now. We turn our eyes to that thought that God loves us, as Melanie said, and keep grabbing that. Keep, I'll have that. I want some more of that. I need some more of that. I keep focusing back on you. We, our eyes drift. We're so human. We keep drifting our attention. God says, keep coming back to my grace. My grace is, is undeserved blessing that's coming your way all the time. I want some more of that. I want some more of that. That's what we feed on. And John 6 51, Jesus said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And this bread which I will offer so the world may live is my flesh. Jesus gave up his uh, body voluntarily. Again, it was an undeserved blessing from God. And we feed on that. And to the extent that we keep focusing on God and feeding on that, we get filled up with him and we grow in him. We grow in grace, we feed on grace, and we stand firm in grace. I'm talking today about two different disciples. I'm talking about Peter, and I'm talking about John. Both of them uh, wanting to follow Christ. Both of them interested in seeking after the truth. Peter was somebody who was taking longer to learn the unforced rhythms of grace he was still operating in his own power. Melanie spoke about the unforced rhythms of grace last week. Peter was still operating as if it was a bit more up to him. He needed to move, and this title of the message is Make the Switch. He needed to switch over to where John was. John was a disciple who had made the switch and realized that it was God's grace and God's love that was keeping him going. And he wasn't, it wasn't his strength and his power that was making the difference in his life. It was actually God's strength and God's power. Peter typifies us when we don't realize how much God loves us, when we don't really appreciate the grace of God. And we, we, it's, it's a religious thing that we can have where we still keep striving, like we've got to just do more and, and oh, yes, I'll, I'll be there. You know, Jesus said to his disciples, you're all going to desert me at the Last Supper. And Peter, sort of in his own strength, said, well, if all these guys desert you, I will never desert you. I'm prepared to go to prison for you and with you. And if you die, I'm prepared to die for you. 
because I am the guy you can count on out of all these people. And Jesus looks at him. Did you like that, Miranda? Thank you. Uh, Jesus says, die for me. Peter, before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, three times you'll deny that you even know me. Peter. You look at John. John described himself five times in his book as the disciple who loved Jesus. Sorry, he was the disciple who Jesus loved. He was the, Peter described himself as the disciple who loved Jesus. John described himself as the disciple who Jesus loved. That's the switch. What a strange thing to do, to call yourself that. And we know in other parts of John, I think around 21 or 20, uh, a bit earlier than the crucifixion, John himself writes in there that Jesus, having loved his disciples to the end, he knew that Jesus loved all the disciples, but his Twitter handle was loved by Jesus. That was his name. If we had John on Instagram now, we'd be following him. I want to see what loved by Jesus has to say today. You know, years after he had experienced the love of God, he looked back when he wrote his gospel and he thought, wow, that's, I was there. I was the disciple loved by Jesus. He got it. He had made the switch from it's all about me and my striving and my power and my strength to actually, wow, Jesus loved me. Jesus loved me. Wow, that's amazing. I'm amazed by that. I was a disciple loved by Jesus. I still am. I'm a disciple loved by Jesus. He made the switch from measuring himself by his love to measuring himself by God's love. And as we keep looking back to God, right through our week, through our day, that's where the power is. That's when we want to connect to the power supply of God. You keep leaning into, wow, God loves me. Oh, it's, it's all going to be okay. Oh, that's right. God loves me. He, I can rest. And this whole series about grace is about finding that place of rest. And God says, it's right here. Just come to me. I'm just going to pour out my grace and pour out my grace and pour out my love for you, pour out my love for you, and you can be a Christian who's loved by God. You can have that same Instagram name, loved by God. That's who I am. John said, that's who I am. I am loved by God. That gives me my identity. You know, my love and my commitment to God goes like this, up and down. Sometimes I'm really passionately wanting to seek after God. Other times I'm not so excited. And if I'm just measuring myself by that, my self sort of worth and my idea of faith and everything is going like this. But if I'm looking at God, that constant supply, Jesus' love for me is a constant, it's a fixed love. It never wavers, it never dips. He's constantly loving you. He's constantly loving me. It never drags down, it never goes below. It is always 100%. In the, this is the age of grace. The heaven's doors are open. He's constantly smiling at us. You know, when you uh, join the Navy and go out on a boat for the first time, the captain of the ship says, right, if, we have, if you start feeling sick, don't look at the waves. Don't look at the boat moving. 
Lift your eyes up and look at the horizon. Look at the constant. Look at the fixed. It won't change. It'll stabilize you. It'll give you stable lies. And looking at God will give us stable eyes, will give us stabilization. I keep coming back to God. Now, he loves me. That's okay. Everything's okay because God loves me. I keep coming back to that. I've, I've, I've made a mistake. That's okay. I keep coming back. God loves me. He can wash it all away again and again and again. Oh, this is amazing. This is amazing grace. Jesus lived in the love of God. That's where his food was. That's the pasture land. The lush pasture land is that God loves me. Before Jesus had preached a word, before he'd healed anybody, before he'd fed anybody, before he criticized any of the religious leaders who were holding people down with religion, which is this thing, try harder, do harder, be perfect, don't waver, get up, you try more, do, do more. Before Jesus did anything to criticize those guys, he was baptized. Just like we had people baptized today, it was awesome. And as he came out of the water, a voice said from heaven, This is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. Gets me every time. I only mentioned it a few moments ago. Because we are all in the same, have the same love coming to us right now in this age of grace. Jesus opened the door. This is all for you. What I receive from the Father, I give to you. And some of you today need to hear this again and again and again. You need to go back and see God's love again. But I'm, I'm so far down here. Now, but lift your eyes again. Look at the horizon, the constant of God's love again and again. Before you do anything, God loves you. Before Jesus did anything, God said, you're my beloved son and I love you. When he went out to be tempted by the devil straight away, the devil said to him, if you're really God's son, then blah, 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 tried to tempt him. What word did he leave out? Beloved. The devil said, I'm not going to call Jesus beloved. I don't want him to remember that. You're God. Okay, you say God's son, right. And Jesus is thinking, no, I'm the beloved son. God wants to take you out by, by trying to, seeing the devil wants to take you out by trying to remove God's love from your thinking. What's the hardest thing to receive sometime? Amazing love, amazing grace. And God says, it's never going away. Don't let the devil steal it off you. Come back, come back and receive it again. And have a grace shower again. And receive his love again. The devil, you're not loved today because you did that. Or you're not loved now because you're thinking that. Or you just got angry at your wife, so you're not loved anymore. God says, come back. Let my love change you. This is where the power is. You want to be that, that, that person that I've called you to be. Stand in the love, and I'll change you. I'll keep changing you. I'll keep changing you until you start changing the world around you by flowing the same love around. That's okay. I forgive you. I'm not going to be angry because I felt the grace and now I love you. And I pass the grace on. Amazing grace. Whoops. Before, I command you to stay there. Oh, uh, thank you, Stu. 
The thief on the cross next to Jesus, he couldn't get down and do anything for God. He couldn't bow his head, barely bow his head, barely say anything. And he, all he managed to get out was, remember me in your kingdom. And that was enough. Jesus said, you got it. You know who I am. And I, I promise you, you're going to be with me in paradise today. He didn't do anything to have to do anything. It was the same word. You're my beloved son. I'm really pleased with what you just said. Have you had that conversation with God? God, I need you. He looked to Jesus for forgiveness and he got it straight away. Peter's name, the, the disciple, meant rock. And he was a rock who boasted of his love for Jesus. I love God. John's name actually means grace. And he boasted of God's love for him. The disciple loved by God. Loved by God. He looked back at that time, and it was a time where he felt the love of God on his life, and he was amazed by it. Let's look at these three examples of the difference between John and Peter and learn from it because there's no coincidences in the Bible. John 13, 23. It says there, so I'll start at 21. Now Jesus was deeply troubled. This is at the Last Supper. I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. And the disciples looked at each other wondering whom he could mean. The disciple Jesus loved was sitting where? Next to Jesus, of course. At the table. Simon Peter, who was not sitting next to Jesus, motioned to John. Ask him who he's talking about. So that disciple leaned over to Jesus and asked, Lord, who is it? You know, when we really grasp hold of how much Jesus loves us, we draw close to him. We come closer to him. He loves me. I've got nothing to be afraid of. He's not a Korean school principal. You know, when I went to Korea... I visited a school and they had a staff meeting. They wanted to introduce us. So the prince, every principal in Korea has a massive long table in the middle of their office with chairs on all sides. And he sits up the top there, like just one step down from God. And uh, I sat there. And then all the staff started to shuffle in. And they all sort of shuffled along the wall. And they filled up the, the, the chairs from the end, as far away from the principal as possible. And then they got to about halfway. And then they stopped filling up chairs and started to stand along the wall. Because I don't think they were sure that he loved them. But when you, are, when you know that someone loves you, when a child knows, no, my mother loves me, they feel safe to come close. Let's automatically latch on. Or yaya, to yaya in uh, Melanie's case. Hudson's very happy to be attached to him. I'm a bit more scary, I think, but, but I do love him. He warms to me over, it takes about 15 minutes. Not yaya, though, just straight to yaya. Um, John 19, another example of the disciple Jesus loved. Standing near the cross were Jesus' mother and his mother's sister Mary and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, where's Peter? I will never leave you nor forsake you. And John's over here saying, he's never going to leave me or forsake me. And Jesus said to 
his mother from the cross, dear woman, here is your son. And he said to this disciple, here is your mother. And from then on, that disciple took him to his home. You know, when we are drawn close to God, when we know how much he loves us, it's not our strength, it's not, it's not John's strength that got him to the cross to be there to watch him die. It was the strength of God's love for him. He couldn't be anywhere else. He loves me. I'm going to be there. I have to be there. I have to be with him. Whereas Peter's, oh, I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there. What? On a cross? I'm not going to be there. And when you get close enough to Jesus, close enough, you start to hear his voice. When you know that he loves you, you listen. And he gives you a job to do. He gives you a little word here. I'd like you to do that. I'd like you to look after my mother. I'd like you to take a cake into work today. I'd like you to invite the neighbours over. Are you close enough to hear the voice? If you love God, if you know that he loves you, you can trust what he says to you. He's not going to ask me to do anything that's dangerous or silly or it's going to embarrass anybody in my family uh, beyond normal embarrassment. And later on, when years later, when uh, John wrote his gospel, he wrote the words, and not in any other gospel. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. And he remembered standing at the foot of the cross and thinking, wow, he's dying for me. John got it. It took Peter a while to get it. John 21, after the crucifixion, after the resurrection, the disciples are confused. Who's the chief most confused high priest of them all? Simon, Peter, said in verse 3, I'm going fishing. The others said, we're coming too. They went out in the boat. They caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net. On the right-hand side of the boat, you'll get some. So they did. And they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. Peter didn't recognize the Lord. John did. When you know that someone loves you, you recognize their voice. You see them in action. You see what they're doing. I can see what he's doing. John knew this is, this is, the, this is the hand of the Lord. That's, that's Jesus. As we draw close to God, as we draw close to his love, and just realize and appreciate, wow, he really loves me. He really loves me. We start to hear his voice. And then we start to see him acting around. I can see what he's doing. He's starting to recognize God's work in my life. I can see things lining up here. I can see opportunities coming up. John called himself the disciple Jesus loved. He wrote these words years later. And it just led him, it had worked into his heart. John was different to Peter. Peter was described himself as someone who loved God, but it took him a while until he also started to learn the ways of grace. The biggest impact, of course, was when Jesus reinstated him. After he denied Christ three times, Jesus asked him three times, do you really love me? I mean, is this, this thing that you say you have, is it real? What was Peter's final answer there? Lord, you know all things. I can't. I can't pretend anything. I want to love you. 
I really want to love you. He finally realized that it was not his love that was holding the team together. It was Jesus' love for him. Lord, you know all things. And so later on, years later, when Peter wrote one of his last letters, he said this in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 12, to encourage other people. He said, I have written and sent this short letter to you with the help of Silas, whom I commend to you as a faithful brother. My purpose in writing is to encourage you and to assure you that what you are experiencing is truly part of God's grace. You stand firm in his grace. He'd moved over here. He moved over here so much that God said to him, You're the guy that I'm going to open up the whole of the non Jewish people to the gospel through. Gave him a dream of uh, all these unclean animals that they weren't allowed to eat and, and told him to eat. Peter said, no, no, I'm not going to do that. God did it again. He said, I'm not going to do that. God did it again. So Peter got the, the message, hang on, this is, this is what grace is. It's the, the Gentiles that don't deserve it. The non-Jews don't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. And yet God wants to give it. And you and I don't deserve it. God wants to give it. God wants to love you. Wants to love you right now. Wants to love you tomorrow. Wants to love you on Wednesday, just after you've kicked the cat. Wants to love you when you make that big mistake. He still wants to love you. He wants to keep proving himself and his love to you. And he came to Peter and said, I still love you, Peter. I still love you, Peter. Yes, you deny me. That's fine. I knew you were going to do it. I still love you. We stand firm in the grace because God says, you're my beloved child. I made you. I just want you with me. I want you to realize how much you love, I love you. I want you to change your name to love by God. It's funny, it's raining right now. I went out to pray about this word yesterday. It started raining on me. I felt like God saying, this is like the grace. It's just raining on everybody. <clears throat> so let's live in that place of grace where God loves us. and We really hear him say, I love you, I love you, I love you. Even when we're at the lowest point where we least believe it, where we're most struggling, when we really want to get to the foot of the cross, but we just can't. We just need to remember that God loves us. Let's close our eyes. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for the great love of God that is bigger than our imagination. It's the most powerful love that anybody has ever had for anybody is your love for us, God. And we just fail to live in it. We fail to experience it enough. God, help us live there. God, we pray that this church would be a church of grace where not only do we experience your love every week, every day, but we also give it to this city, this city that's so big on performance. God, that would be a place right here. It's an oasis of love and undeserved favor and blessing to other people and kindness in Jesus name thanks for listening to find out more about our church find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au we hope to see you in church again this weekend